I'm Tom, and this is my wife, Sherry, and we are on day three of three of Bible studies following up on the message that I brought uh, forth in my sermon on Sunday. Okay, The last two days, we've looked at a couple stories related to the Israelites grumbling regarding the food that they needed. One day it was about manna, the next day they was more involved with the quail. Today, we're looking at three passages about the Israelites after they left Egypt, before they reached the Promised Land, and they all have to do with the Israelites grumbling about the need for water. Okay, And so, Sherry, if you start reading, the first one is in Exodus 15. If you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus 15. We're going to start at verse 22. All right, here we go. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Okay, we're going to stop there for a second. They've been traveling for three days and no water. Now, the question here, how long can you live without water? I don't know. Well, three days is getting pretty serious here, okay? <laughs> All right, three days is getting pretty serious. And so the water that they had with them would have been running out by this time. And there's concern because the water that they had with them, they haven't been able to refill because they couldn't find any water along their travels, okay? All right, keep going. Next verse. When they came to Mara, they could not drink the water of Mara because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Mara. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. Okay, let's stop there for a second. They found some water. Well, what was wrong with this water? It was too bitter. Bitter. And so they nicknamed, it was called what? What's that word in there? Mara? Yeah, so does Mara. Mara mean bitter? It does. That's what a little text note it says down there. Okay, all right. Mara means bitterness. That's right. All right. And so it looks like they're going to be in trouble because they found this water, but... Can drink it. Not good. Now, let you know that by this time, they've been on the road from their exodus from Egypt for about two weeks. They have a long way to go. They don't know it yet because they haven't had that. They don't know yet they'll be traveling all those years wandering the wilderness, but they're only two weeks in. And here again, we find that the Israelites are grumbling. Okay, grumbling. Concerned. Uh, that they might die of thirst, need a drink. Okay? Uh, read verse 25 then. Oh, you did verse 25. Well, I'm halfway through 20. Finish I have up. a little bit left. Okay. There the Lord made for them a statue and a rule, and there he tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and do that which is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, your healer. Okay, we'll stop there for a second. So the water's bitter, and what does God instruct Moses to do? It says, pick up this tree, okay, log here, and toss it into the water. Okay. Now, this there's nothing like extra special about this tree, this log. In other words, you just can't pick up a tree and say, water doesn't taste good. Let me find that certain kind of tree, throw it, and everything is good. Right. Okay. This is supernatural. This is something that, that God does. Okay. Uh, there's no tree that can like purify water. All right. But notice the warning here to these grumblers. He said, hey, you guys were in Egypt and there were these plagues that the Israelites had. How many plagues were there? Ten. Ten plagues, okay. If we read through those plagues, some of them specifically say, hey, the Israelites were not affected by these plagues. Some of them don't say that, but we can maybe infer that none of those really hit the Israelites. They were all, ten of those really hit the Egyptians and not the Israelites, okay? It's kind of a, extrapolating from there, but at least we know some of them didn't. Very possibly none of them hit the, hit the Israelites. And so he says, listen, if, you're gonna, if you obey me during this voyage here, 
none of those plagues that hit, that, that hit the Egyptians are going to fall on you guys if you follow my commandments. All right? I'm not going to pass judgment on you. You're going to avoid that judgment that fell on the Egyptians if you obey me. But here's the thing. We know what's going to go ahead. Are they going to stay faithful or are they going to rebel from time to time? Yes, they are going to rebel. They will. They do. Okay? And so we, we know that going ahead because we know the other side of the story here. Okay? Go ahead in that last verse. Then they came to Elam where there were 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees. And they encamped there by the water. Okay. Sounds like a nice vacation spot. It does. Yeah, I'm going to hang out there for a while. Interesting things here that I learned as I was looking into this. How many springs of water were there? Twelve. Twelve. And how many tribes of Israel were there? Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Interesting here. Okay. And then if we look back when the Israelites, if you remember Jacob, Israel, same guy, when they found out that Joseph was down, when he found out his son Joseph was in Egypt, he took his whole group of family down from, you know, from where he was living down into Egypt. And how many people were in that family? Let me guess. Yes, yes. You mean like total, everybody? Yep. Seventy. Seventy of them. Okay, there were seventy people here that went into Egypt uh, with, with Jacob and his family. So we have here a connection of, of numbers again. Interesting. Let's go over to the next one, next uh, chapter 17 of Exodus. And it starts here at verse number 1. All right. All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of Sin by stages, according to the commandment of the Lord, and encamped at Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water. And the people grumbled against Moses mm. and said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt? To kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? Okay, so here we have the same thing. What did they do? They grumbled, grumbled again. Now, yeah. understand, there are a lot of people, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. And so that's going to take a bunch of water, okay? A lot of water is going to be needed here, okay? And so, but they've been advised, hey, trust me and I'm going to, God says what? Take care of you. I'm going to, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. But they're testing the Lord in this. They're, they're testing God, okay, through this again. And what's happening here is that Moses is having to deal with the the, the disbelief or the, the mistrust of this people as they're rebelling against God. Okay, having to deal with it again. Here we have the same thing, grumbling. And grumbling we talked about is non-productive talk. Okay, all right. Let's go on to verse number four. It also sounds like he's taking it very personally. Well, he does. And again, this is extremely early in their yeah. voyages. Okay. He says, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? He's... We talked about this yesterday, that not, they're not really grumbling against Moses and Aaron, they're grumbling against the Lord. the Lord, and that is serious business. Okay. All right, moving on. So Moses cried to the Lord, what shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and taking your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, mm -hmm. and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah. Or Meribah. 
I like Meribah. Okay, it is. Because of the quarreling of the people of Israel, and because they tested the Lord by saying, is the Lord among us or not? Okay, so interesting things here as well. So what is it that Moses is instructed to do to provide water for the Israelites? He's supposed to strike the rock. Yeah, strike this rock and water is going to come out. With right? his staff. Yeah, and so this water is going to flow, okay, and provide, and again, a lot of water is needed here, a lot of people, all right, a lot of people. Um, it's interesting here, too, that we see this throughout the Bible, that these places, they have their names, but the, the names have special meanings. Yeah, so there's a footnote for that, too, so Massa means testing and Mariba means quarreling. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, quarreling. So, uh, again, these names have special meaning. You know, again, read that last little last sentence there, or last part sentence, because... Because of the quarreling of the people of Israel, and because they tested the Lord by saying, is the Lord among us or not? Yeah, and what a, what a statement there. Is the Lord among us or not? Was the Lord among them? Yes. Okay, did he, should did, know that. Did they witness these ten incredible plagues in Egypt? Yes. Okay, They're did they witness the crossing of the Red Sea? All right, have they witnessed in chapter 16 about the Lord miraculously providing manna, about God uh, stepping in and saying, Moses, toss this tree into the bitter water, it's going to be made sweet. Again, it's it, there's that... Trust, and I'm going to put on this again, trusting the Lord, we talked about this yesterday, is daily dependence on God. Give us today our daily bread. daily bread. And that includes everything. And so these people are having to learn step by step through their journey, we need to rely on the Lord and quit doing what? Grumbling. Grumbling. They need to remember. I find it interesting also that he had uh, Moses walk pass on before the people with his staff and he mm. is he refers to the staff as the one with which I parted the Nile, you know? The Red so, Sea. The Red Red sea. sea. Yeah. Thank That's you. Right. But to have him walk in front of the people so they would have seen that staff, that should have been a reminder too, that, you know, this what God did with that staff earlier. They so. had plenty of chances to remember, but yet they kept going. But you know what, honestly, have we been there, okay? And all of you mm -hmm. listening, how many times have we known better and griped, grumbled, complained, whatever, and we forget the Lord's provision in the past, and we focus on, our, on the, what am I, how am I going to make it, my needs right now, instead of, give me today my daily bread, okay? Yeah. Let's turn to one more, Numbers chapter 20, okay? Numbers. Now, these two stories, Exodus 15 and 17, are toward the, way at the beginning of the journey, but we get here to Numbers chapter 20, and we are almost at the end this is at the very end of the 40 years in the desert, okay, after their wandering. We're going to start over at verse number 2 of Numbers chapter 20. Hey, we're in Meribah again. Yeah, well, kind of. A different one here, but what that's is, okay. Okay, so I'll call it Meribah. Yeah, that's better. That's better. All right. Now there was no water for the congregation, and they assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people quarreled with Moses and said, Would that we had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord. How many times have we heard that? All that we could have died in Egypt, died in the past, okay? Why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we should die here, both we and our cattle? And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is no place for grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Mm -hmm. Then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron your brother, and tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. So you shall bring water out of the rock then and give drink to the congregation and their cattle. 
And Moses took the staff from before the Lord as he commanded him. Okay, so a couple things here. Let's talk about this passage. They are nearly at the end of their journey. They've traveled all the way through this 40 years of wandering. If we remember, before the 40 years began, God said, okay, because you didn't you know, trust me, believe that I could bring you into the promised land, everybody who is 20 years old or older is not going to make it in. They are going to die in the wilderness. By this time, almost all of those people are dead. Okay, And so besides... Uh, and Miriam is going to. Miriam is actually going to die, and we see her in verse one of chapter twenty. We just miss reading that. But by this time, I mean Moses and Aaron are still alive. They're over a hundred. Okay, Joshua and Caleb, eighties or so. And then besides that, the oldest people left are like fifty-nine year olds or whatever who were nineteen when that judgment was called on them, the 20-year-older is going to die. So in other words, most of the people that were going to be, of the older people, are dead by now, okay? That they've died along in their journey. Now, what's that? So that's a happy thought. It is, and there's a lot of death along this road. Now, let me let me say this. In this passage, look, look over here. If we look over at verse 10, read verse 10 again for me, okay? Verse 10? Yes. I haven't read it yet. Well, that's a good reason why I didn't remember it. <laughs> okay, so okay. I'll read it the first time. Go ahead. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, Here now, you rebels, shall we bring water for you out of this rock? Right, right, okay. And Mo don't we keep reading? Yeah, keep doing. And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice. And water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank and their livestock. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. These are the waters of Meribah, where the people of Israel quarreled with the Lord, and through, and through them he showed himself holy. Okay, a couple things there. First off, uh, one of my sons walked in the, in the house at that time, one of our sons, you know, he didn't know we were filming, and so that happens sometimes in life. life. Okay, this is life. Okay, let me go on. So here's what happens is, is that Mo, this is the problem, one of the mis first mistake Moses makes here. Verse number 10, read just that verse again, please. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Here now, you rebels, shall we bring, shall we bring water mm -hmm for you out of this rock. Yeah, and so Moses here takes the stand as if it's he and Aaron are the ones that are going to be providing the water. And is it Moses and Aaron provide the water? No. no, it's the Lord, right? And he acts as like, hey, the burden is all on, on me here. And that's just not the case, all right? That that he, they're rebelling against him, but they're really a, a rebelling against against God, okay? And then we get to the problem here that Moses is not going to obey the directions that God gives him. We read a moment ago in Exodus chapter 17, what was Moses supposed to do with the rock? Strike. Strike it. Okay, here what's he supposed to do? Speak to it. Speak to it, but he doesn't do that, okay? Instead, he strikes the rock. I think, I think it says twice. After saying that they were going to do it for him. And here, Moses and Aaron were going to do it. Right, and here's the thing. Be, Moses and Aaron, uh, they should have been directing the people, hey, you need to trust God when he said he was going to provide. You're not trusting them, all right? That, and he was supposed to say, you know what? Trust God. Watch the water as it flows out of this rock. That's what Moses and Aaron should have done. But instead, they let the frustration of his people, and I'll be honest with you, 
40 plus years with these people, I wouldn't have been able to hold on to my temper as long as he has, okay? Yeah. This is Tom speaking, okay? But instead, at this point, he lets his frustration out, he focuses on himself, he gets their bad behavior to affect how he's going to act, and he strikes the rock, okay? But here's the, th and when he does so, God doesn't get the glory here by saying, watch God work. He, he takes it on, and he strikes that rock. And as God says here, he doesn't treat him as holy in front of the Israelites. Okay? Now. Interestingly, God still allowed water to come out of that rock. Yeah, what, what do you call that? That's the mercy of God. The mercy of God. The grace yeah. of God. So because the so need good. was still there. Okay? The need was still there. Now, as you read, because Moses does this, there's a punishment. And what is that punishment? He's not going to be able to go into the promised land. Yeah. Okay. Now, it doesn't mean he's not in heaven. It doesn't mean he lost his eternal, you know, eternal salvation here. But it means that that honor of bringing God's people into the promised land is not, not going to happen. Okay. Uh, sad time here uh, for Moses. All right. Um, not letting God get the glory, striking that rock instead of saying, hey, here. You know, God's speaking to that rock like God says. I want you to turn real quick as we finish up to the book of 1 Corinthians because Paul is going to allude to this incident uh, back here that we read about in, in, in the book of Numbers and the Israelites traveling through 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And I want you to read through verse 13, please. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things took place as examples for us, that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as mm -hmm. some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Yeah. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Okay, now, as we read this passage and all of these we've read this week, we again deal with the issue of do not grumble. Okay, don't grumble. And Paul tells us here, these things that are written down about the Israelites in the Old Testament are true for history, not something man made up. But they're there as an example for us to learn from. And the Israelites did not have, did not have to give in to grumbling. They didn't have to uh, lose their trust and believe that God would provide for them. Use what they did as a learning tool. Grow in wisdom by learning from their mistakes. And, and that's wisdom. That we wouldn't grumble and say, you know what, we don't have to follow the same temptations that they did. We can learn from what they didn't do right and do it right ourselves. Okay? Trust that God is going to provide. All right? Thanks for joining us this week. Hope to see you on Sunday as we look at some more similarities between the traveling of the Israelites after they left Egypt 
and comparing them to what we're dealing with today in 2020. We'll see you Sunday.